What's going on, Badger fans? So excited for today's guest, today's show. We're talking NIL, the vision at Wisconsin, and potentially kind of where this thing might be heading in the next uh, couple months, next year, wherever it is on Wisconsin. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers, your team every day. Really, really do appreciate, as always, everybody tuning in. Great guest today. We're going to bring in Mark Rothwell. Uh, Mark is the managing director of the Varsity Collective. So grateful for your time, Mark. I want to start here. Uh, just wh- what's the background? How did you go from where you started? You went to school at Madison to where you are right now. Great question. Uh, and I don't think uh, I think you have enough time uh, for me to walk through all of it. But no, long story short. Uh, I've been a, a career life, a, a professional lifelong marketer. Uh, I've been I've been in marketing and started my career early on at Oscar Mayer Coke Miller, where I got involved with a lot of brand influencers and marketing strategy. And then family moved back to the Midwest and I've uh, switched over into retail and some other places, which led me to contacting uh, or getting contacted by the original um, how, how would I say the, the, the classic three donors that came up and were looking to start the NIL and, and, and stand up a collective. And so, uh, the three that were the three donors that were responsible for that is Paul Reicha, um, Rob Master and, uh, Ted Kellner, whose, whose name is, is synonymous with, uh, UW athletics and, and donation and Rob Master and I kind of have very similar paths. We're both, you know, 20 plus marketers. He was at Unilever, uh, and he was in New York and we got connected in December. Uh, we talked about, hey, there's a need for having somebody on the on the ground and be able to do the general manager role in Madison. Uh, and then it went from there. So I've been with the collective since January uh, and it has been changing. It's dynamic. It's all the things that I've had when I when I was a product manager or VP of product, uh, just moving and shaking on all the changes. And it's exciting. What were those? I'm very curious about this. And by the way, like I say this with the the guests I get on that I'm really excited about, I'll run out of time before I run out of questions. Um, but what were those very initial conversations like? The initial conversations were, I guess it was when you're talking in, and a lot of people that are on your podcast that have a similar background, it was kind of like that with Rob and I, and, and Paul is a, is a, um, is an attorney for Foley in town and he's got the passion of the Badger fan. And so does Rob. And so when we had the conversation together and Ted is just, he's just an amazing, uh, amazing individual. And so when we had a conversation, it was just Rob and I almost were kind of finishing each other's sentences from a standpoint of, well, we could do this. And the brand is about this. And, and what is the value proposition, all kind of marketing speak that I'm probably boring your audience with, but it was just one of those things. It's like, I've always been in the branding side of it. I've always been in sports sponsorship, marketing, those types of things. And this was one of those things. It was just kind of like, uh, it was a serendipitous meeting where it kind of just fit and kind of brought me in. And and so I've been loving it ever since. I really enjoy your perspective uh, of brands, of marketing. I know Wisconsin fans, we're, we're told a lot. We talk a lot about the power of the Motion W, the power mm-hmm. of Wisconsin, the power of the brand. Luke Fickle has kind of talked about this as well in recruiting, you know, talked about how impressive that reach is from a marketing standpoint. And I know we're all probably a little biased yourself, maybe included, but yeah. what is the power of that brand? 
Well, and, and I think the way that I like to frame it up is how name, image, and likeness kind of came to fruition and how Wisconsin has kind of positioned itself. This is only the world, according to Mark, from a brand standpoint, is, is the way that I see the university as a brand has positioned itself or as has it has historically positioned itself has been on a three-legged stool. One is around academics, one is around geographic location, um, and then the third one is history of sports and athletics and extracurriculars. And so Wisconsin has been, as a brand, has been able to sell those three things really strongly. And the most, the, the thing that happens with brands that are really great is you can tell your story and that's how far, that's maybe all the farther it goes. But the great brands are the ones people tell the story of them. So when you think about academics, USA Today and everything in the rankings reinforces what we're talking. The, you know, the place to live, the best campus, the best, you know, party school, whether that's a positive or not. And then the history of ac academics or excuse me, athletics, a couple Rose Bowls and, you know, number one ranking women's volleyball team, seven time uh, women's hockey champion. I mean, those are all things that when students are coming, whether you're somebody who is a student athlete or whether you're a student who was a student athlete or just somebody who wants to be part of something unique, that's where I think Wisconsin's power of the brand in totality brings a lot of people together. And, and you can see it on some other, some other um, universities where their academics are okay, but their athletics have done really well. And they see a skyrocket in applications and everything else like that. And I think Wisconsin gets that, but then you're getting the academics and you're getting all the other positives that come with it. And so I think that's where the power of, of the W uh, of the UW history and, and tradition that brings it together that people want to be part of. It. Let me ask you, what's maybe the biggest challenge, maybe even something you didn't foresee when you guys sat together, you had those initial conversations, what's been maybe the biggest and it might be, it's probably not even a Wisconsin centric thing, but what's the biggest obstacle or roadblock you guys have had kind of worked to overcome? I would say the unknowns. It's kind of like when you're, I could imagine the, you know, the people that were out the first time that they jumped in a boat and came across to the water of the unknowns of what's going to be out there. It's just, as we've talked a little bit about is there's a lot of stuff going on legislatively that's unknown. There's, there's different things going on with different universities in different states. And so I think the biggest piece is just having come from a brand side where you kind of knew a little bit of, you know, what the product was and all those other things. We know what our product is. We just are unclear on, you know, where things could end up legislatively on the federal level with the NCA level, with the IRS, all of those things are kind of headwinds that are coming that do we have total control over? What is the role of the NIL? I've always been curious about this because I imagine when you open this door, there all sorts of people are going to come in from the outside. People yeah. pitching products, brands, thoughts, engagements. What is the role of the NIL just in kind of in general of protecting players while also trying to maximize their ability to utilize NIL? That is a great question. And we are inundated, as you can imagine, with new startups. So imagine, you know, entrepreneurs wanting to solve this next big thing. And I think the evaluation going back to um, just banking on the 20 plus years of experience and understanding, OK, what is the value proposition? What is the proposal in which they're going to present to us? 
How does it, uh, how much exposure does the student athlete have? What are the major issues that we have to protect the student athletes and how well are they addressing that? And that's where we ended up going through that evaluation process. And some vendors we, we partner with and some we don't. Uh, and we're clear on, on why we don't. And there are, uh, you know, a couple, couple vendors recently were, you know, they were thinking about coming and talking to us about, hey, you know, there's a lot of collectives that are getting into the beverage business and would love to find a way to do that. And I just had to tell one of the vendors was from Minnesota and one of the vendors was from, from Iowa. And I just said, you know, they had a great speech. They had, hey, we've, this case study is great. And I just had to say at the end, I said, as a Badger fan and as a brand, as a brand uh, professional, I can't go forward and put out a product that has the Varsity Collective, but is brewed or produced in Minnesota and Iowa. I said, if that were be the case, that would be a death nail for the brand because social media can find out a lot of things. And if it said, hey, 50% of the profits or whatever percent of the profit is going to Minnesota, there would be nobody buying the product. Right. That, that's that's an awesome little antidote. Um, I never even would have thought of that. I guess all type of boats are out because of PJ Fleck. Um, yep. You can't do any yep. type of – okay. Uh, we're going to come back. This is great. I love this conversation so far. We're going to come back with Mark. I have to take a quick break for our friends of the show. But we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the Camp Randall Club, how all these different organizations work together, um, NIL for other sports at Wisconsin. So many things to talk about on today's show with Mark Rothwell. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show over at Bird Dogs. And Bird Dogs, again, I've talked about it a ton. Bird Dogs are my favorite, absolute favorite piece of clothing because for longtime listeners of the show, they know I work from home. I kind of struggle at times going out and dressing like an adult, right? I, the professional guy. Bird Dogs allow me to go get my, my breakfast burrito, my coffee, go to the basketball game, take my kid to a Lego convention. And still kind of look like I, I know what I'm doing professionally. As, as an adult, dressing comfortably, they give me the, the best of both worlds. I can dress with the comfort of the basketball shorts that my wife absolutely abhors. But I get the, the style and the fashion of a professional, a professional male adult. And that's why I love my bird dogs. I never take them off. Comfortable, stylish, incredible. They also have hats, uh, glasses, drinkware. They are incredible. And the best part of my day is putting on my bird dogs in the morning. Go to birddogs.com slash college in the promo code LockdownCollege at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash college for a free water bottle at checkout. You will not want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. All right, let's, let's go back into our conversation with Mark, getting back on the show. Uh, Mark, I wanted to go here next. Uh, and again, there's so much ground to cover here. Um, mm -hmm. Camp Randall Club, uh, a relatively new initiative in, in this grouping. How does that fit into the Varsity Collective and the other kind of uh, there's varsity connect there's open doors how does all this fit together well when we evaluated uh, kind of where the future of the varsity collective when we laid out the uh, mission and vision and and where we need to go uh, obviously the the size of the foot uh, of the fan base and, and badger fan base is huge and one of the things that that pointed us in the direction obviously football has a large fan base and so there was a thought and the conversation that we wanted to provide increased access and increased opportunities for, for passionate Badger fans that weren't getting it in the past. And so we wanted them to be able to have something where they could come and be part of it. Uh, Cause I've talked to a couple other collectives and what they found interesting in some of their 
post-research was that people just want to get together. And when they give people an opportunity to be part of that fan base and that fan group, which led us down the path of it's obvious that we need to gather and, and rally the, the football faithful along with the Badger fans uh, and have a, a structured Camp Randall club where we provide them with access to the Camp Randall Live and the Luke Fickle show. We give them apparel that can showcase their passion and excitement. We give them access to a, a VIP tailgate that's only for Camp Randall Club members. Uh, and so there's a lot of these benefits that a number of the collectives are, are using the similar strategy to go out and get their passionate fans something of benefit that they get for being part of that, a bigger cause. And that's why we launched uh, Camp Randall Club. And you mentioned, uh, I find this interesting too, other collectives. Do you, how much time have you spent looking at what works in other spots, what doesn't work in other spots, taking this or avoiding that? How much of a lesson learned have you picked up from other places? Well, it, I think it comes from years of knowing that, you know, you also have to understand your landscape and being on top of what the competitive landscape is looking like, what your competitors are doing. And again, I'm not, I've never been opposed to, you know, taking ideas and, and rebranding it as the, as the badger. Cause if the core idea and essence makes sense, you don't have to, I mean, we don't have all the best ideas. We don't have, we're not the smartest people in the world, but if there's some ideas that you can get from other collectives and we, I have a pretty good relationship with a number of, collectives in other power five conferences and they're all facing the same thing they're all facing the legislative chaos and the headwinds they're facing donor fatigue they're facing increasing ideas and and creativity and the number of people that are trying to sell them things so so we're kind of uh, there was a launch of the collective association that we're we're still looking to you know evaluate and determine whether we want to join it but I had initial conversations with that group and now it's up to 25 different universities or collectives that are together and they're basically doing that they're the so the collective association is to represent the student athlete and to make sure that at the end of the day the student athletes can maximize their name image and likeness talking about relationships you have with some of the other collectives do you, what's the general feel in the Big Ten specifically around collectives? Are the schools mostly aligned with how they're approaching this, or does it feel like every school is kind of still not right or wrong, but kind of forging their own their own path here? I would say that we're probably all swimming in the same direction. Um, so again, the the reality of it is that uh, if you, if you are talking with somebody, whether they're in the portal or whether they're uh, uh, thinking about transferring to your university or a high school student, at least the, the consensus amongst the group is that everybody's going to be asking. Whether it comes as question five or question number one, that's name, image, and likeness is here and how we deal with it as a group. Uh, again, there's the competitive uh, factions of, of the Big Ten. But at the end of the day, it's how you perform, how your brand represents itself to prospective student athletes, how you develop the student athletes that you have uh, through academics, through professional personal development, and then them as a student athlete. And so I would say that everybody's kind of swimming in that different direction. I think some people have just more headwinds than others. Uh, I want to get into a couple of questions that people had when I, yeah. I said I was going to bring someone on the show. People got really excited. Uh, one of the questions that I get, and you talked this a little bit with the analogy with the, the chair, the different legs of it, but 
however you can speak to this, I get this in a dozen different ways. How competitive can Wisconsin be in the NIL landscape? And what does that even mean to be competitive? See, and that, and that's why it's it's kind of a it's a great question, but it's ambiguous. Yeah. Uh, and again, I, I think we talked about before we started the show was that's one of the things that Wisconsin that we have alignment from up on high all the way down is that Wisconsin will do it the right way. Wisconsin will do it the Wisconsin way. And that's clearly articulated in our mission and vision. And as you can see that um, we want people, we want student athletes that will come for those three things, the academics, the geographic, and, and that name, image, and likeness is one of those important considerations. And we will uh, walk away from somebody who just wants that one consideration. And again, there are other universities out there that may, that may be something of a higher priority for them. But at the end of the day, you can still have people that student athletes that are coming to university that are happy for being there in our three-star, four-star. And we've shown that over the years is the five stars that want a big payday. That's just not a Wisconsin athlete student athlete. And and so we are committed to doing that because we can bring success. And where does that take us? It can go pretty high because because chemistry is still an important factor. I mean, you can watch it on Sunday when you get professionals and who gets paid more. And mm-hmm. and I think that's that sentiment may have some impact in some of the locker rooms that you'll see. And you've probably seen it in some news articles of people leaving or this kid's at its fourth school. Yeah, I think the chemistry thing is one of the questions everybody had when NIL started years ago being rolled out. How is that going to play out in a locker room? How is that maybe the most difficult challenge, do you think, for a a coaching staff to kind of navigate? And I don't want to put you on a spot to have to speak for other people, but everyone kind of wonders. We we all know a quarterback gets more opportunities than a backup guard, for example, just Mm -hmm. to throw out obvious things here. How how is that challenge navigated, do you think? You know, and I think in conversations that I've had is that it just has changed the dynamic. I mean, being a coach historically has always been a challenge just from the number of hours you have to spend proactively engaging your team, you know, competitive set, all that stuff. And now you throw on NIL on top of it. And that just adds another element of challenge, I guess, with being a, with being a coach. And what we are doing is we're trying to partner and figure out, what can we do to alleviate some of that stress so that they can be a coaches uh, and they can talk to donors where they need to. But I keep coming, and we talked about this earlier and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but some coaches have a brand. And when we think about what that brand is, the great brands are the ones that stick with the brand. Don't change it and waffle so that they, nobody knows what they stand for. And so a lot of the, and from Mac on down, the hiring of the coaches for the Wisconsin way and how they have the Wisconsin DNA is important because that's how they hire, you know, or that's how they bring in uh, student athletes is have that chain, that same shared DNA. And we have been proven successful with that model. And that Wisconsin way model isn't going to change anytime soon. I think a lot of Wisconsin fans appreciate that about the program. Yeah. I think that's a bedrock of, of a lot of what Wisconsin is built on. Get ready for the NFL season. Continue watching the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. 
Now is the absolute best time to join FanDuel. Player props, futures, it's all there. Great parlays. And again, bet with me on the Suns. Winning the NBA Finals, we're right there, y'all. I don't know why I'm saying y'all. Nobody out there is actually a Suns fan except me, except for, well, me and Ryan. Ryan Eilers on the, on the Discord. But listen, if you want to make some money, people are a fan of making money. Phoenix Suns, Braves, Niners, lock them up, parlay them, championships. Let's go on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick up the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Uh, I wanted to ask you this, and again, so many ways I could go, but I wanted to ask about the other, some of the other sports. Um, we talk so much about football, obviously, Camp Randall Club. Uh, basketball mm-hmm. is obviously a huge sport at Wisconsin. But women's volleyball, women's basketball, um, extending it to hockey, all these other sports, how did they fit into the NIL landscape at Wisconsin? That's part of the conversation. Um, I know that we're talking about with the launch of the Camp Randall Club with football and basketball has its own kind of booster club. Um, And so we've had conversations where, hey, that if there are specific um, donors or fans that want to, you know, support a specific uh, sport, then we should have that avenue for them to do the same thing that they're doing for football, same thing they're doing for basketball and provide them. It just comes down to resources of people. You can imagine running a booster club and that stuff. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of resources that are required. And we want to make sure that our, the, the majority of the money that is coming into the varsity collective is actually going to the student athletes in the form of name, image, and likeness and not, over to fund administrative support and all these other things that take away from that. And so those are the things that are definitely part of the consideration set because there are other sports that are, are doing amazing and, and finding support for the coach and, and the staff and, and the players that are there. That's part of our, our goal as well. Well, and then I had this question as well. Um, and we, you talked before the show how it, it may need to be rephrased. And I want to just kind of pin you on that as well. I had the question from the, our subtext. What does a one-year, three-year, five-year kind of plan look like for this? But mm-hmm. as you mentioned, there's so many unknowns. It might make more sense to say what's a one-month, three-month, six-month plan look like. Yeah. And, and I, again, I think it goes back to the original conversation which we had is they call it the wild, wild west for a reason because of all of those those uh, environmental things that are some out of your control, some are in your control with how you run your collectives, but there is a lot of stuff that could change the landscape overnight based on what's happening legislatively. What does the NCA do? The IRS comes out with a different ruling. Those are things that are outside of our control. And so when we, we as a, as a visioning group is trying to figure out, let's control the controllables and let's figure out what can we do to make sure that our student athletes, when they come here, they are excited about coming here. We develop them when they get here on and off the field so that when they leave, then they have the same passion that you and I have as, as previous Badger fans, even though we didn't play, play sports here, um, that there are people who during their four or five years here in campus, they, they go out and become Badgers. And that means something. And that's kind of what the Wisconsin way I keep coming back to that brand proposition of we'll do it the Wisconsin way. And the people who want to come with us, we will be successful doing it that way because we've had success in the past. Uh, Very at a very high level, because a lot of people probably don't follow legislation, state, state rule, local rules, school rules, and nor should they with this because you lose your mind. What at a very high level, what is being discussed at the legislation of legislative level with NIL? 
I think the biggest the biggest uh, tenants that at least from what I've seen from publications that are out there uh, talking about it is contractual, making sure there's consistency of representation since there's some challenges that are happening in there, more follow along the lines of the NFL Players Association that you have to have licensed, you have to pass all of these for the protection of the players. Well, there isn't that in, in college. And some would argue that you actually need that more for college. So making sure that there is some some consistent structure and some some consistent uh, regulation so that everybody's held to the same standard. The other thing is, is do the student athletes become employees or do they not? Um, the coverage of you know health insurance. There's a number of things, and and I believe the last I saw was that there's 15 to 17 different legislative packages that have been presented in the last year and a half. And none of them have moved forward because there may be one element that somebody wants Mm -hmm. that that they put into the the legislative package, but they don't like the other eight. So it's, it's our state, it's our federal government times 10. When you see when a pat, when a, when a rule gets or law gets passed, it has a whole bunch of other stuff that was added because they wanted to get the votes. And there's one, uh, Tommy Tuberville is one of, uh, I think he's a congressman from Alabama. And one of their elements was that you had to be at the university for a minimum of three years before you could enter the portal. That I think may have been a, a, a stopper for many people just because the student athletes is like, I want to have that flexibility. Coaches don't have to, you know, all these other things. So so again, I think that there's a lot. And now what I've read is heading into a political year. The likelihood that name, image, and likeness legislation gets moved onto the front burner, there's questions about that. So then we may be here a year from now and have a new president or have the same president and still haven't solved the NIL uh, challenges. So you're going to have many busy nights coming up ahead. Uh, yeah, it's, it's busy just because, and if that would help. But at the end of the day, there still is, you know, when you have limited resources, there's still a lot of opportunities. People are asking questions. You got this, you got new sports coming on. So that in itself, controlling our controllables is going to be crazy. And then the stuff that shakes out above, if we can have a voice in that and be part of the collective association, we will. Um, And so we're looking forward to what the future comes. Uh, A couple more really quick questions here. And again, very, very appreciative of your time. or subtext as well, uh, strategic partnerships are, you may or may not be able to speak to this much. Do you foresee any new strategic partnerships coming towards the NIL, the collective? Is that something you're seeking out or do people more come to you? I think it's a blend of both. I think having been on the brand side uh, for my the majority of my career, um, a lot of brands are looking for credible voices and that's where brand influencers come into play. And I think that a lot of brands are looking and evaluating and saying, all right, is there somebody that I can connect with nationally? Is there somebody I can connect in some of the stronger markets where I'm looking to go? So they take a very strategic viewpoint and then go in and say, all right, if I'm looking to grow XYZ product in the state of Wisconsin, are there student athletes that I can use as brand ambassadors to come out and talk about my product? Not only because they have a great following to try and reach that that Gen Z or that millennial audience, that those are important considerations as brands start to do that. So I see a lot more progression that way. I mean, we're seeing local brands that are that are considering, you know, leveraging some of the 
the 800 student athletes that we have available. Uh, and there are some national brands that have come in and talked to a couple uh, regarding part of a bigger campaign. And so I think that that momentum will continue to gain more and more strength. The thing that everybody has to be aware of is at the end of the day, these are for-profit companies generally, and they will evaluate it based on what was the success metrics and did we deliver or did we not? And whether they want to be, you know, a partner with some uh, student athlete, if it doesn't perform, they just out of, out of, uh, uh, need to drive their business, they can't come back and they'll look for something else. So again, it's that balance back and forth on working with the brands to make sure that we can position our 800 student athletes in a way that that helps them deliver their goal and ultimately delivers a win-win-win scenario for the brand, the student athlete, and for the varsity collective mission. You mentioned um, they obviously have their metrics. Do you have metrics on your side to, to try to determine was this a success, successful partnership for player X. Was this something that we would like to continue? Yes. Um, more often than not, just a successful execution uh, for the student athletes and giving them a voice. We talked a little bit about the Badger Charity Challenge and being able to share um, something that's important to them. Um, and so it is one of those things that we continue to work with them to try and figure out. And we also talk to our charitable partners. So we have them do an application process. We give them a net promoter score after after an engagement with student athletes. And so we use that as our tracker. Uh, and that's really important because we want to be able to, to tell an individual story. So our brand will be successful on the number of really engaging and compelling stories, regardless of who it is, that can talk about, hey, I partnered with the Boys and Girls Club. We saw them you know, drive, uh, you know, donations for this student athlete and, and they all talk positively about it. That's story one. And there could be a thousand of those stories that donors want to hear that their money is going in an actuality to help uh, a charitable organizations deliver or, or help a brand that's trying to promote it and get a, a Badger a student athlete out in the forefront. So I can feel good that I'm a Badger alum. Let me ask you about that. And this is something we talked about before the show a little bit. Um, donor fatigue, and you use that term. That, that's a better term than I've written down. Is that kind of a part of a way to combat that is to show them tangible stories and, and the impact of this is the result of it. It's not just money going into a pot and you never see anything. Right. Well, and, and it, it's it's very similar. The, the Varsity Collective and, and all the organizations are starting are not any different than a startup startup organization that has two people, the guy who created the idea and a finance person. It's about what does your brand stand for? And is it a compelling point of difference? Then coming out and teasing out those features and benefits of why that value proposition makes sense. And then bringing proof points, which proof points tend to be whether it's testimonials or whether it's something else. And once you create that, then it's being able to get through the clutter and the scale to be able to tell that story in a very direct and uh, direct fashion. And I think we have the ear of, of Badger fans and Badger faithful. I think we could do a better job of really telling the story of what is the varsity collective, the mission vision, here's what it is. And then bring those fact voice, those fact-based stories of here is what we have done with your dollars to not only help the organizations we're partnering with, help develop and make that uh, Badger student athlete a uh, better person when they graduate, 
Uh, and our storytelling is just something that's a continual thing since the average consumer, I think, sits. I think the last I saw was seven to 10,000 messages a day. That's crazy. So we face the same thing everybody else faces. I, I want to finish up here, and it's really just giving you the floor. If there was anything, I know you mentioned the Batter Charity Challenge. If there's anything that you would like to take a second to promote or yeah. any part of this that you you want to talk to Badger fans directly about. Yeah. I, I guess the the one thing is is there is a lot of there's a lot of storytelling that's out in the marketplace that may be true or may not be true, uh, and I would I would uh, challenge everybody to do the research and understand what it is when you hear that so and so got fifteen million dollars and there's a lot of that out there that I think gives sometimes name, image, and likeness, moves it off what its intent was, was to be able to provide student athletes an opportunity to, to benefit from their name, image, and likeness. So I would like to first off say thanks for everybody that has donated to the cause, uh, whether it's through buying tickets, merchandise, support of the Varsity Collective, or other things, because that's the that's the thing that makes me the proudest of being a Badger is that when you need to move, there's a lot of the strength in community, the Badger community that will, will bring that. And the more momentum we continue to move, the more championships we can continue to celebrate as, as a group. So, so those are the things that I, you know, will it look like this in six months? Who knows? I think we will be a constant foundation of the Wisconsin way. And I think it's everybody that's on your podcast, anybody that's a Badger fan, can feel proud of the varsity collective and what we're trying to do in partnership with the UW and the 800 student athletes. That's an excellent message. Uh, Mark, thank you so, so much for joining on Mark Rothwell, uh, managing director of the varsity collective. And we'll put all the links into the varsity collective, the, the camp Randall football club in the show when you drop it as well. Thank you so, so much. This was awesome. And again, I have a million more questions, so maybe <laughs> at some point I could, we could do it again. Sounds good. I'm around. Thank you so much, Mark. For everyone, on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin, and we'll talk tomorrow.